What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Howdy, gang. You're tuned into another episode of the Blue and Green podcast. How are you? My name is Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in uh, today. Very excited uh, about our episode. Before we jump in, a quick reminder that the Blue and Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and hosts shows from across the whole wide world, which we're always very, very proud to boast. Uh, we all have a, an incredibly... Um, um, a devout should we say uh, and shared passion for uh for contemporary independent uh soul jazz and funk music and uh, it's uh, having this avenue to kind of uh, express it is is always a pleasure so we'd love for you to check us out at blueingreenradio.com um that passion for me is uh, i get to extend through this podcast series where we talk to um not only uh, Blue and Green radio presenters, but also uh, a whole host of uh, artists that we love and champion as best we possibly can. And today's one of those amazing episodes where I get to talk to uh, an artist that fits the bill in both contexts. As a presenter, uh, Simon hosts uh, Futuristica Radio uh, on Blue in Green Radio every uh, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Um, and uh, he's also the founder and head of Futuristica Music, a future soul label with an incredible array of uh, artists, including uh, Deborah Jordan himself, uh, Georgie Sweet, Mark Rapson, uh, As Valet, La Notes, and a whole host of others that we uh, were massive fans of. And uh, so much of their music is just a firm st- Staples uh, to many uh, of our shows. So we get to talk to Simon today. Um, we're going to talk about a good few things, but primarily uh, we discuss um, the, um, I, want to say, I don't want to say reissue, but the, uh, his album um, under the guise of the Peter Franks group. Uh, the album is Days Past, uh, initially released in 2019, uh, but in 2022 it was made available for the first time on CD. So, um, um, so I thought that was a wonderful reason to celebrate and kind of be able to talk to Simon and kind of revisit this album from, uh, geez, three years ago. So, uh, yeah, we had to get him back in that headspace and uh, uh, kind of review some of these kind of the amazing facets and contributors and collaborations and remixes uh, that this project spawned. And um, uh, whilst we eagerly look forward to new music from the Peter Franks group, it's just it's awesome to kind of revisit this awesome project uh, from 2019. So we discuss that. We discuss some of the other futuristic successes, uh, namely Deborah Jordan and K15's Human. We discuss uh, Simon's pop-up shop, um, as well as overall and general music fandom, which is always great to talk about uh, with people on this uh, this series. Um, regular listeners will know we feature two songs per episode. Um, the guest, in this case Simon, will be picking the closing number, but I have the luxury of um, presenting the opening one. So uh, we're going to pick something from 
said Peter Frank's album Days Past um, and it's always hard to pick this one but the song I'm feeling most at the moment is the brilliant return so we'll talk to Simon at the conclusion of this song I very much hope you enjoy it please check out Futuristica's Bandcamp page uh, for uh, a whole host of their just incredible music we love them dearly and uh, yes my friends without further ado uh, it's Peter Frank's
how are you, my friend? How are you? All right, how's things, buddy? Not bad, not bad. It feels like ages since we've spoken, certainly for one of these things. So it's awesome to kind of reconnect with you. So as always, thank you very much uh, for your time. I guess my first question is, well, we're talking on like the 2nd of uh, September. How how has your summer been? (laughs) It's actually (laughs) really good. Um, Thank you. Uh, A a, a, a bit of relaxation, some time off and... um, you know, I, I put a little pop-up record shop in my garage. That was fun. Yeah, well, that was on the things that were... So it, it's a physical... You So you've put it in the garage and everyone can just come and rifle through everything. It's like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so, and you... So, oh. so you found... Or this is... I, I figured there was like a, a house move coming up and you were like oh we're gonna have to reduce some of this but this is from a this is just a loft clear out i think you described it is that right kind of yeah i mean it's it's a combination of getting around to organizing loft space which you know is always a thing for everybody with a loft and then it was also lots of records that i'd bought with a view to having some sort of shop set up at some point oh really wow yeah, so, you know, and lots of doubles and, and promos and, and things from the last 30 years all collected wow. and uh, put, you know, put into a space where people can come and grab things if they feel. Um, what made you want to open a shop? Like, what was the, yeah, what was the, the process behind that? It was literally, I'm, I was like, you know, I've got summer off, six weeks. What do you do? but i mean like before that i think you said you had bought stuff with the the idea of sort of opening a shop for some time is that right well yeah i mean it was it's always been in the back of my mind and you know i i used to i mean i used to have a or share a space with a a good friend of mine called jake jake holloway who's a a graphic artist and and a record dealer and seller and he's he's got a shop called love vinyl now in um in the east end and we used to have a little marketplace, um, like an indoor market space um, in Walthamstow many years ago. So from there, I was like, hmm, you know, I enjoy doing that and just mooching around in a little shop. So I thought I'd just do that at home. Now. That's so cool. I didn't know you had a, you had like a, that kind of thing set up before. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was really good fun. That was good good days with Jake back in, back in the day mm. about, oh, maybe maybe 15, 16 years ago, something like that. Wow. And what's the experience been now? Kind of, do you get to, you know, talk to people about music fandom and geekdom and people rifling through stuff? Are you kind of like, actually, that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I, people saying, you selling this? I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and I start buying going, well, no. It depends. Yeah, it's it's, it's a funny thing because I I hate selling any records, mm. uh, except our labels own products. <laughs> I stick a few of those in, but generally it's you know I like to just keep. I'm not a hoarder, but I like to keep everything mm. I can, which I suppose is the definition of hoarder, isn't it? But you know, it's kind of that thing where you just get so much stuff, and you know, doubles and things. I I see a lot of records where I live in Dorset, very cheap. Um, so I think I think to myself, well, I've got these, but I'll buy them in case I know someone that ever needs a copy of this. Mm. 
um, yeah. whether I'm giving it to them or selling it to someone that's coming coming just for that purpose. So I always keep my eye out for that stuff. Mm. I am a bit. I'm a. I'm, I'm not in the extreme sense of a hoarder, but I think uh, sometimes I will stumble onto a couple of copies of an album. I i love and some in the back of my mind i usually think oh i'll give this to seven and so and they'll like that but um sometimes for some inexplicable reason it's just hard to let go of it for some reason so i remember seeing the you know the pictures of you like this is everything i'm trying to sort of you know get rid of so to speak and i thought oh my god what's happening why is he doing this <laughs> he's, yeah. he's packing music in what happened no <laughs> no it's, it, it was literally excess you know wow. and duplicates and things very separate to my own personal set of records which I don't call a collection because I don't collect records I don't collect them just blindly because I have to have a complete set of whatever it's just records I like so hmm. my, my my selection of records is is music that I've just loved and, and love still the the stock for the shop if you like is very separate but um there is a little bit of crossover sometimes and like, yeah, like you just, you know, like we just alluded to, it's like, oh, reluctant to let that one go. But hey, yeah, someone else yeah. may benefit from that more than I might. So, is there really no element of you that would describe yourself as a collector in terms of? I don't know. I, I like, I, 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 I'm the same. I, I wouldn't have described myself as a collector, but mm. sometimes I do fall into that trap. Like I had a Nicola Conti album he released a one-off record with Blue Note. And yeah. uh, some years later, he reissued it on his own label, Schema, but with a bonus disc of unreleased tracks. So I was like, well, I love this record. This is great to have. So the original, I thought, I'll, I'll give that to someone. But I thought, mm -hmm. well, no, I can't because it's got the Blue Note label on it. So I, I ended up keeping it just because, you know, it's got the Blue Note label on it. But and I kind of realized, well, that's that's collector talk. You know, you're kind of veering yeah. off into that talk. I'm sure you must have a bunch of stuff you probably bought out of, I don't know, obligation or just because something's looked good as opposed to knowing what it even sounded like. Um, now and again, now and again. I mean, it's 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 weird because there's a there's a there's a company at the moment called it's Wallen Wallen Bink who are reissuing these beautiful jazz records. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, these guys, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they've, I don't think they've been out before the, these records, these, these albums they've just put out and they're beautiful and beautifully made and beautifully done. And I think previous to that, they did some MPS seven inch reissues, which were, you know, we, a lot of people have got all those records, but on a yeah. seven inch in the packaging, you're kind of like, Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's a lovely object, and they've really re uh, mastered them well, reissued them well. Mm. Um, so that's probably a label I will collect everything from. Although I, I do, you know, I'm honest with myself. If I don't really feel the music, I won't buy it. Mm. So, um, and you know, it's it's expensive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's a consideration. So I can't collect. I'd love to have everything original that that Black Jazz released or Strata East released, right. for instance, but it's just impossible mm. yeah so so i'm i'm not compared to people i know that are actual collectors and you know aficionados and, and real experts in 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 those those areas i'm just a guy that buys records i like yeah <laughs> that's cool that's cool i do know i do know for all right so here, here's my final collector question for you yeah. uh Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Adrian Young, the Jazz is Dead series. I know mm. you have, you had what, volumes one to 10. 
uh, which yeah. was what they released up to that point. So let's say 11 comes out because they're doing the new wave now. So are you, are, do you buy those on compulsion? Or is it a case of, well, I don't like that one, so I won't. So you'll have that missing number. <laughs> you'll have 1 to 10, then 12, 13, 14. So, or, yeah. yeah, is that, will you, would you be compelled in that instance? Because that's clearly designed to be an ongoing sort of series and, and yeah. collection in of itself, right? Yeah, and it's a good question. But I think in, in the, the case of those uh, or that series that, that those guys are making and creating, I think luckily, in my opinion they're all brilliant so i you know i love mm. every single one um and this you know it sounds beautiful and they record it beautifully with lovely equipment and you know the 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 artists the caliber of artists they have recording this stuff with them is just they're just legends yeah. all of them mind-blowing so, isn't it oh it's just incredible and the ones coming up are just sounding great so i will be getting those for sure mm. um because they're just they're just bankers you know you know they're going to be beautiful things Mm-hmm. Um, much like a lot of the you know the, the new artists we we all love like Nat Birchall for instance I love all of his records mm, right. um, and so I religiously buy his albums um, not because I need his complete collection but just because I think they're, they're all beautiful yeah you know yeah so um, being consistent and, and amazing like some of these artists are I think is worth and you know um, it's due respect you know very cool yeah so when the 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 loft is completely cleared out will you look to i don't know find a way to kind of continue this in some way or uh will you just say well that was nice to revisit um i'm not sure yet probably nice to revisit um but we'll see we'll see how you know people are people are buying stuff so i'll um and just hanging out you know people are just Mm. coming by or getting in touch online and stuff so it's nice just connect with people through that i might keep going for a little bit nice that's super cool um speaking of your summer i know you caught the dreaded rona which which oh my gosh you avoided it for so long and then you you and deborah both got got nailed quite brutally from the way it was described uh everyone well healthy now back to 100 star jumps a day everyone's okay (laughs) back to just a bit out of bed (laughs) A day <laughs> yeah everything's fine man thank you um we yeah we'd steered clear of that for you know however many years two years mm. and then i i chose to go out in public which was my downfall <laughs> that's i went to a, you know, like a an end of end of time work do and that was that <laughs> so oh, beginning, beginning of summer was enforced rest basically yeah. So um, that was interesting, but we survived and we're good. We're good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's incredible. It's still anyway. We're going off into a Corona discussion, but yes, it was. It was bad news when it, uh, when it, when I heard it, you guys had uh, uh, succumbed and it finally caught up with you. So good to hear that it's uh, all over and um, uh, yeah. yeah, all happy and healthy now. All good now. Thank you, sir. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, one of the, I guess, the, one of the leading reasons I, I was hoping to, to secure time with you uh, today was uh, regarding the uh, mighty, well, it's not, it's not a reissue, uh, is it? But it's the, the uh, Peter Franks uh, mm-hmm. record that finds itself um, housed onto CD uh, for the very first time uh, in the form of the album, the first full length uh, by um, uh the peter franks group with days past so 
congratulations on 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 the kind of uh, uh having the the cd uh kind of created as a fan uh you know i'm a hard copy fan as well so i was thrilled um that you know i kind of get to take the burnt cd out of my collection and put the <laughs> the uh the proper uh version in there so uh yes as a fan as i say thank you very much and um uh what what led to it what was the the kind of process that made you want to kind of um honor the the album in this way well um well thank you for that um so i think you know it was it was a thing where there was uh there, there were some requests you know and have been over the years for cd um since since it got released on vinyl in i don't know i think 2018 maybe mm. so um it was kind of you know so and and i also felt you know just to and here's my completest collection head um to co- you know complete the, the sort of futuristic cd releases would it would make sense um so everything that we've done up to now is on cd uh, wow. which, which is just a little thing that i like to do but um i was reluctant to do it because you know it's it's your own work and everything else like that so but, um, you know, a couple of people were like, no, just do it, you know, <laughs> but put the remixes on there, including yourself. So you were, you were very supportive of that and said, put, right, yeah. remixes on, put them all on. And so, you know, it felt like a good idea to do that. And um, also to continue the, the kind of, you know, the sort of complete edition kind of uh, direction with, with the CD releases as well. I wanted to keep mm. doing that. When you said including yourself there, I gasped for a second. I thought, I thought he put my remix on there, but uh, <laughs> but no, no. Oh no, you didn't. You didn't get to no, do that. I, I think I got it in uh, uh, an hour after the deadline date. Otherwise, it would have made it. But. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. I I I. It's because it's the whole story, kind of of the album. So I remember. Yeah, I remember you were loosely discussing the idea and I thought absolutely like uh, hopefully that they can all fit you know time wise and thankfully they do so it, it's awesome to have kind of the tracks and then the sort of the separate kind of suite of remixes kind of to um yeah to kind of conclude like the album so it's a it's a great I mean just looking at the uh should we discuss the remixes now um yeah actually before we go into the remixes because I did want to discuss those but just sort of the idea of the project because we've we, i have spoken to you before about um kind of uh the the origins of like the peter franks group and also the notion of peter franks group versus what jazz chronicles uh mm-hmm. kind of strives to achieve and there are three full-length jazz chronicles projects um and and there's a lovely touch of a jazz chronicles remix for sirens on the peter franks kind of a notion but again i i have asked before but how how would you describe that kind of what what does peter franks give you an avenue to do that say jazz chronicles doesn't um i think the peter franks project is more um centered around um or or at least wanting to sound a bit more organic and um warm and 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 almost you know because a lot of the influences for that kind of work is is harking back to the sort of fusion era of cti and kudu and all those great labels that i love the music from Mm. um so trying to you know trying to create a mood like that um and then having appropriate guests come and join me on on the record to uh, help me achieve that 
whereas mm. Jazz Chronicles is more just you know um, just kind of messing around really, just just putting beats together here and there, and then collecting those and and, and figuring how they could all work as a project. Right. So, almost, Jazz Chronicles is almost projects by accident, whereas Peter Franks is kind of more by design. Right. Nicely put. Right. Um, I, I think I've previously described the two as sort of its its guru going from jazzmatazz, excuse me, from gangstar to jazzmatazz, really, isn't it? Where it's it's gangstar being sample led uh, and, and sort of more studio based uh, productions, and jazzmatazz is him saying let's actually stop sampling and work with with people as well. So it, I, yeah, I've kind of always looked at the two of those avenues for yourself uh, in much in in the same way. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, and and there, there is less less sample. Yeah, less sample based stuff on the Peter mm. Franks, although it is it's it's still relatively heavy. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, but I kind of just try and disguise it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at the credits like in front of me now. I always forget like mastered by at jazz. Like that's very cool as well. Yeah, that I know. He's he's just wow that guy's just incredible and the the first records we did on um futuristic and we did we started doing vinyl again mm. were both were both projects that i'd done and martin was just off he's he just started mastering i think he said look i'll do these for you if you want nice. and, um, yeah it was it was really really cool to have him involved because he's he's a massive massive influence and you know just love what he does with sound anyway He's he's mm. a master. He's he's got the best set of ears, I think I, I know. So right. incredible to have him involved. Yeah, I mean your kind of track record with him goes back some years for Deborah Jordan releases. Uh, he's uh, there. There's a, a one or two early remixes for Futuristic as well, isn't there? For um, mm-hmm. is it Find a Way? Uh, yeah, he did a, he did yeah. a remix for Masira, and he did um, he did some production, I think, for um, for Deborah and. Mm. He might have done something. I think he did something with Rap Life as well. Um, oh yes, he did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was going through those credits the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, he's a, he's an absolute. You know, I just love how how clinical but soulful his sound is. He's just right. just an absolute master. That guy. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice touch for the kind of this project as well. Um, and you, you've got some really awesome names. I mean, geez, Matthew Horsell, uh providing trumpet. Um, Rachel Crenel, who I'm aware, the flautist, uh, Rachel Crenel, who I'm aware that you post on social media recently that she's back in the Futuristica HQ. I'll leave that there. I don't know if you want to embellish on what that's for, but I'll, I'll, I won't say anything further. Uh, but it's awesome that you're kind of reconnecting with her for projects in the works as well. So that's that's super cool. And she brings a really awesome texture throughout quite a lot of the tracks that she's on uh for days past isn't she yeah she's she's incredible i mean she's a good friend um of ours and uh you know she doesn't get unfortunately she doesn't get to play enough um or or be involved or around music so we always encourage that and Mm -hmm. um just she comes around and and you know just gets to play i think in her way she seems to really love just just playing in that in that mode and you know, she's just she just delivers, and she's got such a great tone. We love we love what she does. Mm. She's amazing. And yes, she was around doing some um, some recent recordings for some projects for next year. Awesome. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, 
Brilliant. Geographically, is she local to you guys? She is. Yes, oh, she's, cool. she's actually from from our neck of the woods as well. So it's, oh, it's great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and um, obviously, as we alluded to earlier, you've got these uh, like a <laughs> it's a dream team uh, kind of assembled on on remix duties. So we've got uh, also all of these are obviously housed on the CD as well. We have a uh, Quiet Dawn Mecca eighty three. Um, electric conversation as represented by Gus uh, Latemp and as valet got old English bus crates and jazz chronicles uh, as well so I mean what a brilliant lineup of futuristic affiliates obviously but also mega names uh, how did these just come to pass did you kind of look to uh to contact these guys directly did it come the other way what did you present because these are all for two songs lament for her and siren so how did these all kind of come together and what was the span of time as well that these were sort of trickled out to 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 eager fans oh wow so um going back a few years i apologize yeah (laughs) try to rewind the memory banks a bit so (laughs) i think what happened was um, I, I, you know, I contacted, I think the majority of those guys and just because I love what they do. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it was, it was something that someone like Asvalet, you know, Gus, um, Mecca 83 would really thrive on because they kind of like that type of sound anyway. So I, I, I gave everybody that were involved, was involved in the remixes, um, the choice of any track. And they were the only oh, wow. two tracks everybody chose. So amazing! Like, that's great. That's quite a lot of remixes of each track. But it, it, I really like the treatments, and they're all quite different. So it actually worked out really well. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I was wondering because obviously, because it is just the two, I figured that you had presented those tracks that you specifically wanted done. So, oh, that's really interesting because those are two awesome uh tracks from the album and I, I suppose i think i've asked you before as a remixer what is it you look for and i mean if i were you know gifted in that way those probably aren't songs i would have gone for because you got to think well what can i do mm-hmm. i suppose differently and if something's already of a of a yeah, we've had extensive remix conversations <laughs> i think but it is yeah it's interesting i like to uh yeah, what the thought processes are for, for some people like yourselves where you kind of think yeah i can do something different with that one or this is what i you know yeah different perspectives that's really interesting that they all gravitated toward those two tracks mm-hmm. um yeah dream team really amazing lineup of of people what is it like getting stuff back when someone sends you something and, and is it like is there a comfort in it? Are you, when you send it off, do you tend to say, okay, but well, you know, just don't do this and make sure you keep this part, <laughs> you know, are you kind of still, you know, oh. possessive over, over it or are you always quite happy for people you trust to just do whatever it is that they want to do? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I never, ever get involved in the press guys. Just oh. choose, choose something you want to do. And, and, you know, I look forward to hearing what you, what you come up with and, you know, pretty much, you know, everything that's been delivered remix wise has been great. And I, 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 you know, over, over all the year, you know, the years of doing this, particularly for this project, I really loved what everyone did for this. Mm. Um, because it's fascinating to hear someone interpret something you've made originally and, and do their own thing with it. 
Um, but also, you know, just on a general level, anything we send out, I, I just love hearing back what people have created out of any project we've sent them to remix. Um, it's mm. like Christmas. I love it. Some <laughs> of the highlights of doing this for me. I would never ask you for names, but have has ever because obviously you've you've actually been remixed i suppose quite a lot from the peter franks project from jazz chronicles from your music for alternative souls record um have you ever had anything back and again i've never asked details but where you thought no i don't i can't i can't embrace this one. Oh man um maybe early on you know so you know 15 or so years ago i think mm. early stuff where you know we were just asking or or actually in fact there was one occasion where someone you know asked to remix something we thought yeah great we love their stuff and it and it came back and it it wasn't even it, it we didn't like it it was just it was just badly badly executed and, and a bit out of tune and stuff so we were like oh how'd you get around that you know it's very that's a very hard conversation to have with someone that you it love is. you know so um it can, you know, it has been awkward in the past, but generally speaking, people, um, you know, really, really go to town and and do beautiful work. Um, so it's you know we're very, very lucky in that sense. I mean, obviously, you're the founder. You run the label Futuristica. I mean, these are conversations that I suppose you've had to have, not just in in this specific scenario, but whether it's signing a new artist, signing off on a new song or album and stuff like that, do you find it difficult? Do you shy away from it? Or are you kind of like, well, this needs to be said and I can't proceed with something I can't believe in? Or or do you have you ever had to sort of just swallow something that you didn't want to and proceed with that wanting to offend anyone? I mean, do you know, it, it depends on who you're dealing with who the artist is and I have shied away from that in the past wow. to not offend or upset anybody because you know it's it's about it should be a joyous thing making music yeah. and putting projects out and it generally is but you know on the odd occasion where it's a bit difficult or you know you feel like you might upset someone you have to you have to adapt your approach depending on who it is um, mm. but but you know I, I think again we're lucky because certainly over the last sort of 10 years or so, we've got a very tight, tightly knit bunch of people and family that we work with. So everyone kind of knows and just yeah. accepts each other's, you know, situations and just gets on with it, mm. which thankfully, um, it, you know, is still the case. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it is. You're, you're right. I mean, even the, the, the varied list of names I've mentioned as remixes for, uh, the, the Peter Franks project. I mean, that's well, well, three quarters of those names, if not all of those names, are, are you know in-house, long-time futuristic affiliates. You know, from uh, from Mecca to Electric Conversation, all English. Um, so um, yeah, so it it is a tightly knit, but very varied and versatile group as well. So uh, yeah. it is interesting hearing the different interpretations for a project like that. Yes, very much. Yes. Mm. And, you know, having um, like bus crates, for instance, or um, you know, Will Galland, um, yeah, who does the uh, the Quiet Dawn, Quiet Dawn, yeah, yeah. He's you know, I, I you know, I watch all these guys. I, I you know, I ch I check out what they're doing all the time. And um, when you get a chance to, 
you know, get some work through um, or put some work their way and, and get some some collaborative stuff going on. It's it's, it's always a pleasure. Mm. Um, and you know, Will uh, Quiet Dawn did a, a, a remix recently for Asvalet because he's actually That's friends right. with those guys. So right, um, you know, he got involved um, with that one. So and, and I love I love his, I love all of his work. He's I think he's great. Yeah, he had a great new uh, record as well. Was it this year or last year? I think this year. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah awesome. Was yeah, yeah amazing yeah. Uh, producer as well. So yeah, awesome stuff. Very good. Um, mm, absolutely. Um, obviously, I mean, this is you know the, the release of this record. You know, wonderful uh, for for fans of the label. Um, you guys had uh, further success uh this year with the release of um uh human with uh deborah jordan and, and k15 i mean um i know that was a project that was sort of in the works for a long time uh you guys must be thrilled that it's kind of finally out there and it's being embraced you know to wonderful kind of levels i mean how, what is it like kind of sitting back for you guys and just sort of seeing this project you know so brilliantly kind of accepted by everyone it's really lovely i mean it was a it was a it was a kind of a long process but i think a lot you know a lot of a lot of records are especially mm, when yeah. you're um dealing with a lockdown and that whole situation where you can't you know get together with people and you know sort of uh inspire each other to, to you know to get this stuff moving but you know it happened in in i suppose in in a, in, a, in a relaxed manner um back and forth and it was it was it was crafted i have to say i mean there was a lot of back and forth to get to get it to where it it, it you know where it is um and kieran k15 is um just you know ex- exceptional i mean this guy i mean you know his his especially his recent material i mean he's just putting out so much yeah. good stuff so yeah. you know we had to we had to give him the, the, the time and space to get that mixed in the way he wanted to mix it um and equally i think you know deb put in a lot of work writing that um and trying to you know get get that concise kind of message across and and have that run through the whole record so um to see it out and see people really enjoying that and and, you know commenting on that positively is really really uh, satisfying for sure yeah it is a beautiful project and as yeah as we said it's been it's been brilliantly received and um yeah i think it will continue to do so for um some time even you know i mean gosh you've just reissued these not excuse me not reissued, you've just released these uh two amazing uh mixes for for the uh the project um the mark rapson uh remix and yourself mm-hmm. uh, stepping into the the re-edit shoes uh for um uh running and um i mean gosh mind-blowing kind of versions of the track as well so yeah that was it was awesome kind of additions to that to that project yeah rap rapson oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you give him something you, you never know what's going to come back, but this mm-hmm. running is a very specific track in terms of its 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 time signature and, and pace. And mm-hmm. Raps just took elements of that and just completely changed the whole format of the song. And you know the actual you know four gave it a four four hip hop. It's just you know what he's like. He just mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> does raps and amazing. Incredible. Yeah, I love those little those productions he does that are just screaming his 
affections for JD and it's just awesome to to kind of hear it kind of you know introduce itself into into his kind of remixes um not as like a a crutch but it's it's just done out of sheer adoration for because you know he and I had the opportunity to talk about Diller and our respective fandom and I it's awesome these little touches that he he puts in that just you know really kind of expresses yeah his affections for uh the genius that was you know definitely definitely mm-hmm. and, and yourself what was your approach for the uh the the extended version of the track to re-edit that you kind of put together oh i just wanted it longer <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted it to stretch out um but in fact actually you know it was um a, a visit from a DJ called Greg Belson, who's who's UK, but he's based in LA, and he he was over last year, and he came to visit us, and um, you know I put that song on, and he was just freaking out over the drums. He's like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. what is this?" And then the song finished. He's like, "Oh, okay, I'd love to play that <laughs> out, but that's really short." And I said, "Okay." So I, I, I thought about that for a long time, and then I finally got the parts well i summed up the courage to ask kieran for the parts to that song um to just mess around with it and and did that and i sent it to greg and he went oh great perfect that's what i thought that's <laughs> what I had in my mind so that i was i was really pleased with just 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 servicing greg for that one hmm. what was kieran's kind of uh he was cool with just sort of the idea of um being remixed and re-edited etc I I don't even know to this day. <laughs> I don't even know. I hope Kieran likes them. I think he does. I mean, mm. I think he would have put a block on it if, if he didn't. Like, <laughs> but you know, I think no. Kieran's really cool, and he's um, he's very open minded and, and, and mm. easygoing. So I think he understands that that's part of the the, the process of putting a project out is sure. you know keeping it out there and, and, and introducing some versions, yeah. um, which we may we may do more of. I'm not. I haven't completely shut the door on that yet so oh brilliant yeah we'll see we'll see we might we might put another track out possibly we'll see i'm wondering if it's further along the process than you're revealing but that's okay (laughs) yeah i don't even there's been one one track in my mind that i've been sitting with and thinking we should get something done with this one but we'll see awesome Uh, i look forward to that one yeah it's being uh been bolstered brilliantly by the two that you've 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 put out so um uh yes gosh more will be uh, uh amazing um there is um something i want to ask you about mm-hmm. uh i guess as relates to this project as the sort of the springboard for the conversation there's a video there's a lovely video for uh heartbroken um for uh this um project i mean i mean wh- where do you where do you stand on music videos and you know in this sort of day and age i mean i suppose i'm asking that as a as a creative and as a as a as a fan as a creative as a sort of a label boss uh but also sort of as a fan i mean do you do you think that there's there's still kind of um an, an appetite for kind of creative uh visual aspects to videos or or i mean is there any part of you that thinks potentially that fandom has sort of moved on now um it's it's odd it, i think it serves two purposes i think the main thing is to you know have that part of the project and the creative approach to a project where you know often the artist singer musician has an idea visually of, of how that is represented um, mm. that piece of music 
and, and then also the, the side of things where, you know, you have to think about promoting the project and, you know, vis, visual um, content is, is essential, I think. Um, even basic stuff. So, you know, people doing stuff on TikTok or Instagram, you know, over to right. doing full professional videos seems to, you know, really carry a lot of a lot of uh, weight in terms of spreading the word and just that just that awareness that the project exists because most people don't go the traditional route anymore, so they'll just see stuff pop up on the right. socials, right. and then that makes sense to them. Mm. So pr- yeah. I'd say pretty important still. Awesome, that's cool. Yeah. That's a cool way of looking at it, actually. And it's a great video as it relates to sort of Heartbroken. Um, it's, it is an awesome video. Would you kind of like to have more videos kind of uh, created for projects that you guys are doing? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, again, Mr. Rapson is uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty instrumental in getting this developed um, because, you know, he, he has a very strong sense of, of visual kind of aesthetics and he's, you know, he's a film buff, and a, and a and a you know a good good quality TV buff. So he's he sees things when he hears things. So um, he's always keen to get involved in in representing how that 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 would look and then feel yeah. overall. So I think they're actually uh, him him and uh, Warren who uh, both you know worked on the uh, heartbroken video. Right. Warren Woodcraft, um, who's a good friend of Mark's, they're, they're looking at more video development this year. So that's oh, going to be very exciting. Mm. And obviously Raps and Helms, the I'll See You Again uh, video, which was a, a brilliant piece of work as well. Oh, man. I mean, that was, yeah, that was all absolutely 100% all Raps. And I mean, that mm. was his, he drove that and, and did a great job. Yeah, it's a great video. Yeah. Um, yeah uh as a as a producer in your own right is there i know i've asked i've asked you this question before but i'm going to rephrase it uh but i i I, as a producer is there a vocalist that you would cite as someone you would kind of like to go in there and do a full length project with obviously you you have that in sun circle already and i think Mm -hmm. when i asked you previously i believe your answer was floating points but uh from a vocal perspective is there anyone that you kind of think yeah i think we could make a really great record together Oh man! Well, I mean, there's, I mean, to be honest, there's lots of vocalists I'd like to do a record with, mm. um, and have you know a feature track from from each. Amazing. So, you know, um, I love working with Lenote. Yeah, you guys are great yeah. together. Yeah, she really gets. She just, I don't know. We really seem to, you know, hit it off in terms of, in terms of how we, how she feels what I deliver her musically. Mm. So. And she's she's really attentive, like that. Um, the track really you guys did for the sorry to interrupt. I was going to say just the track you guys did for the the fifteen compilation. Um, uh, yeah, probably my favorite from the from the project. To be honest, the um, oh okay, um, yeah. uh, what goes around? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I mean, love I, that I, love, I love when she she works like in that way. She's just she. I think she just frees herself up and just just yeah delivers great work. Mm. Um, secretly a little bit jealous but she is working on an album with someone at the moment but i'm really looking forward to it yeah dusty isn't it yeah yeah exactly so i think it's gonna be really really lovely that project Mm. i can't wait to hear what they do yeah um so yeah i love lenote um i love working with um georgie of course of course yeah um 
and ideally, you know, I'll be on the next project. Brilliant. Yeah, there's a, have a healthy contribution on the first. So, yeah, I certainly look forward to more. Yes, I think the dog's barking. No, time. he's more than welcome to. I, was, I haven't even rudely asked about how young Diller is. How is he? <laughs> he's good. He's good. I think he's uh, barking at the postman, which is always a good sign. <laughs> it might be a record. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, back to, yeah, so back to vocals. Um, mm. Do you want to get? Do you want? Do you need to get the post? Because now I'm thinking it is a record. <laughs> it probably is. I'll, I'll I'll have that as a nice surprise when we finish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Georgie, as you were saying. Well, there's another one from you guys for the again on that futuristic 15 compilation, isn't there? Yes, yes, and um, again, you know, I think she, yeah, she gets the right. She gets the right track. She's she's yeah. She does what she does, man. She's amazing. Mm. So. Um, and I'm lucky because there's obviously there's Deborah as well. So it's Deborah, Georgie, and Leno mm-hmm. on on the label that I you know I sometimes get to work with, and it's great. Yeah. But then there's there's a lot of you know people affiliated to the label, or at least you know friends that we can we can speak with. I really want to do more with Marlena. Perez, oh wow! Actually. Yeah, geez, wow. Um, I think she's doing a project at the moment um, mm. somewhere, but she's she's awesome. Mm. wish i could have done more with oz of course. Uh, mm. you know but i think i think every everybody would um so yeah you know it's 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 just there are so many vocalists that i could i could think of um oh i've got a soft spot for marcia scoffrey she's incredible. oh wow okay gosh she i'm not sure if she's still singing but um mm. you know just the little moment she 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 was involved with us yeah the local soul project were, were tremendous she's fantastic Brilliant. yeah wow and was us have you not guys not had contact for a super long time not not until very recently i think she's coming down okay. soon oh, amazing so really good to catch up with her it's been many years oh that would be awesome that's super cool yeah hopefully you can make it happen yeah i, th- yeah, I hope so hmm. um is there another kind of I mean, uh, with with obviously Deborah being a futuristic artist, K one five being a you know a, a strong affiliated artist for a long time. Is there another? Do you kind of look at people on the roster and think who would make an, a, a good match for like a full length project, like Georgie and Mecca, or obviously Georgie and Rapson, or something like that, or something new oh. with Nathan, for example? Would you ever kind of like mm, who's a fantasy pairing where you would just think would nail it for a full length? What well, do you know? Do you know? I think I think I think Rapson and Lenote. Oh right, okay. There's a few things, isn't there? A couple of things I can mm. think of together that they've got. Yeah, I think because he because he's when he remixes mm. or when he's remixed electric conversation, it's just you know, and and when he remixed the note. So in other yeah. words, you you know he's remixed her voice. You know, he's remixed for her voice. It's just you know absolutely perfect. So I'd love to hear them do a project. Um, awesome. And I think also I'd like to hear um, more more of Mecca um, yeah. doing work with yeah p- probably Georgie I'd say I think that would be that'd be you know a, like a full, maybe a full length Mecca with like Georgie you know that yeah tremendous. they have some great tracks on Misunderstood together don't they yeah and and I think he's on the next project so oh, brilliant um, yeah it, 
and he's you know i love i love his production he's he's fantastic amazing um actually speaking of mecca there's a project that you guys have done together i don't think we've ever spoken about um the alexis davis oh gosh yeah uh, project and i yeah, i'm not sure of all the times we've spoken i i don't think we've ever mm-hmm. we've ever discussed it i mean that's that's like that's a pretty awesome kind of project right for uh super group wise i mean it's you mecca uh rep life and spinity right yes yes well i mean rep life's the guy that the thing is mecca absolutely loves rep we all do but mecca Mm. just like you know his dream was to do a project with rep life after you know being involved in in the first album rep life did and you know over the years, man, we've we've tried to we've tried to get that done, but it's very difficult because because Rep Life is a very very busy uh, professional um, guy uh, in the state. So he's you know he's and he's doing many really you know crucial creative uh, projects with young people, uh, especially in Amer- in America. So he's very very busy. So getting getting even what we got squeezed out of the you know the Alexis Davis project was was a, a blessing and um i know it's it's i think mecca really treasures those projects oh brilliant yeah and it was great to be involved just to mm. do a few tracks here and there it was, it was great and spinity's very underrated producer from, from, right. from what i know of his work i mean he's mm. he's very talented love what he does amazing how, how did it kind of that group kind of come to fruition then like how how it's it's some years now, isn't it? About ten odd years, guys. Yeah, I, I, do you know? I think it was dri- again. It was driven by Mecca, and he just right. he was he was wanting to work with with uh, Rep Life, and they did some tracks, and then I think just you know s- side to that, um, I I was doing a few little bits with with Rep uh, Rep Life, and I think. Evan Evan Mech, Mechorator, he just said, "Look, let's just put this all together and, and give it a, give it a name, give it a, give it a you know like a a, a focus." Mm. And I, th- I think Rep Life came up with the name, I think. Um, and yeah, so that it just you know it was organic. It just came together um, as as it should do. Really, it wasn't mm. it wasn't planned as such, but Evan definitely drove that. He wanted to do right. a project with with Rep Life for sure. Was there any uh, meaning or connotation behind the name Alexis Davis or? Um, Life came up with it, but was there any any reason? I, I um, there is, and I can't recall what it is. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's it's reference to two of his his uh, heroes. I think okay, um, but it's been a while, so I can't. You know what? I'll have to I'll have to give him a shout and ask him what that is. Mecca will tell me. Sure, he'll know. Awesome. We should write in while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh they don't get many live podcasts but sure yeah <laughs> uh that's super cool i mean uh, sort of moving on from that i know we talked about remixes re-edits etc are we going to be uh treated to a volume three from uh from yourself where you've i mean you've got two volumes now separated by a few years uh as well so i'm probably out of line and asking for volume three so soon after volume two but um uh yeah these these kind of compilate no, yeah compilation of remixes that you you've you've put out with just brilliant kind of reimaginings of tracks by gangstar mini ripperton uh erica badu etc so i mean do you i know are you kind of 
is that a conscious compilation of stuff that you would put together in each instance or are you eyeing a, a volume three release at all i do you know there's probably yeah there's probably enough there for another volume but i'll have to go back and review them and, and mm. see how i feel about some of them because i think you know that's 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 the trick for me is to actually listen to things and and actually be honest and think well you know is that worth worth putting out but i'll probably do another one next year i think collate collate everything that's happened yeah. in the last few years and, and yeah do another volume i think brilliant that would be yeah. great i look, look forward to that um mm-hmm. I, I yeah i go back to those uh those two fairly often there's some great kind of reimaginings of of tracks there so uh yeah I'd certainly look forward to more lovely thank you yeah absolutely um here's the question where i'm i'm reluctant to ask i'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything but um is there anything coming up for futuristica for the year that you'd be happy to say yeah this is happening or is it like just wait till the social posts are out (laughs) (laughs) just wait till the band camp memos are there uh but is there anything that you you could um uh you're happy to sort of say that um obviously i can't imagine you've got like 10 projects probably on the go but um yeah is there anything that um that you've uh, announced in any context that 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 people would be hearing anytime soon do you know i i, I have to say i'm going to have to disappoint you and say not not at the moment um okay there are things in development yeah but there's 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 no you know i don't have there's no schedule sat there you know tentative schedule with you know dates or you know i mean we know you know georgie's working on the next record so sure. that's great and she's working on the majority of that with Rapson, which is very exciting. Mm. Uh, yeah. And what I've heard so far is tremendous. Um, so that's, that's, you know, that's, that's going to happen next year. Brilliant. I think um, maybe some, some singles this year. We'll, we'll see. Mm. We'll see how that develops. But um, other than that, I think there's, there's a, there's a Sun Circle project in development. Lovely. There is, um, I think, think a P- yeah probably another peter franks for next year lovely lovely <laughs> i'm kind of in development i think i think nat virtual's on that and amazing maybe amanda whiting possibly oh. we'll see how that develops how that goes but that's the plan amazing. loose plan um but you know what that i've made a conscious decision recently not to plan too much just let it oh, happen wow. okay because when you when you've got your plan fixed in your mind and some of that doesn't happen you get really disappointed sure so if i don't have a plan and things just happen it all it all seems great (laughs) fair enough (laughs) yeah i I, i'm I'm on board with that yeah i'll I'll go with that (laughs) um uh, that's yeah i look for well i certainly look forward my uh uh, eyes will be peeled to the band camp page as always. So uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll look forward with bated breath. Um, yeah, for, yeah, for, uh, for stuff as and when. So yeah, um, I I have a penultimate question for you. There's a a kind of a new element to this podcast. I'm I'm mm-hmm. sort of just putting together. I thought it'd be really cool to uh have people like yourselves you i'd cite you as a as a regular and and beloved guest uh so something i was working on for this is kind of this music fandom 
kind of questionnaire that I wanted to do full length episodes with people where it's just me firing questions uh, about uh, first record that made you fall in love with hip hop mm-hmm. and uh, first record you, you know, ever, you know, played out, uh, blah, 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 or just sort of a whole list of random ones. So I've got, a, I've got like two questions here that I'm just, I'd like to fire at you if that's okay. Sure. Uh, this is in in teaser for uh, hopefully a, a much longer full length episode that I'll be able to secure you for if if uh, if of if of interest. Um, um, but here we go. So the um, uh, the experience of listening to music today is obviously considerably different, right, from say twenty thirty years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there any aspects of music fandom from say your youth? Uh, or just from you know twenty odd years ago or so uh, that you you miss uh, now as opposed to the way you used to appreciate music from back then. So the first thing I would have thought of was the, the notion of you've got the record store now, you've got the garage record store, which you know isn't something that you can easily just find kind of nowadays. You know, so that's something that I, I think people yeah. would cite. But yeah, is there anything that you miss about how you used to appreciate music from twenty well, thirty he- years ago? Interestingly, before you mentioned the record shop thing, my first thought was being missing being in record shops where people would pull out records for you, knowing what you like. Yeah, right. Yeah. Give you a big stack to go and listen to, and you'd inevitably walk out of there with several bags full. Wow. Whereas now, I, I, I cannot think of one shop where I go and do that, and that's that's sorely missed. Um, in my experience of music, because, you know, you have to guess or research or, you know, see stuff on socials or whatever. And it just doesn't feel the same as walking Mm. into a shop and just browsing through racks and having people throw you records. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimacy, isn't it? Um, Yeah. And the connection. Yeah. 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 Online digging is a, 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 you know, an art form in of itself. And it's kind of nice to, uh, to be able to just sit behind a, a screen wanting to hear something new. And then just, you know, there's such a wealth of, of places mm-hmm. to find us. There's a lot of ways to find them as well. Going to Discogs and looking for your favorite trumpet and pianist and look for what they've done mm-hmm. with other people. And you yep. can find stuff like that. Bandcamp recommends, you know, from mm-hmm. album you love. So it, it, that is, it, it is, I will say, say that for me, it's a joyous experience in of itself, but you're absolutely right. That, yeah. that, that human connection, that, that intimacy, that kind of mm-hmm. that faith you put in, 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 in the people and, and, uh, an establishment. Yeah. It's, yes, yeah, it's, it's the, the kind of, you know, I, and I think it's wrapped up a little bit in, you know, sort of personal kind of ego issues with people. Cause I think, you know, there are tastemakers out there that, you know, people still rely on, but really used to rely on, you know, radio guys on the radio that would talk about music that was coming out and they'd be playing it. So you go to the shop and you speak to the guys and say, oh, I heard so-and-so play this and it sounded great. And they they say, yeah, we've got those. Plus, did you hear this, this and this? Right. And you'd be in the, you'd be in the shop for hours and it was just a great experience. Whereas, yeah. you know, it, it's... I love the fact that yes, you can find you know all the connections for for music you like online. It it just feels a bit a bit sterile to me. Sure, sure. Um, it's it's more like a you know like a sort of clinical process of, of yeah. sifting. You know, you can go on Amazon and get what you like, right? But mm. I just rather walk out of a shop with some bags, having had a nice couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, couldn't dispute that. Um, 
Uh, here we go. Here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a question I'll put you on the spot. What style of music would you say you definitively do not like? Oh, man. That's, wow. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure I can answer that. Um, I, maybe Gabba. What is Gabba? Gabba's like this this whole thing of like really fast, really, really fast sort of techno Okay. Um, and it, te- well, I, I associate it with football hooliganism. Wow. It seems to be something that football hooligan, hooligans play and, and, and get revved up for games with. Um, but the reason that's, that came to mind was because Bjork's next album apparently is influenced by Gabba quite heavily. Oh, right. So, you know, Deb and I were looking at each other thinking, uh, <laughs> 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 really stretching it. I've Let's never even heard of Gabba. That's okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, don't look into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, then no one's ever said anything about it in my football hooliganism and uh, bi-weekly meet-up. So, uh, yeah. I can say, you, know, you never heard that down the pub before the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just tend to play Come On Eileen or something. But... Uh... <laughs> that old magic. <laughs> i got uh one more if i may yes um what is the song that put you on to your favorite artist <gasps> oh now you've got to figure out who the favorite artist is well i suppose i'll have to say um it will be a love supreme by john coltrane as wow. as you know maybe as obvious as that might be I remember hearing that for the first time and everything changed after, you know, that, that was, that was the moment when I went, Oh, okay. Hmm. That's what music can do. Right. And from then on, so from buying that record and forevermore, you know, chasing anything by John Coltrane, um, Hmm. you know, for all those years, and, you know, finally get into a place where I think I'm really, you know, I've really started to appreciate what this guy's created um, as my favourite artist of all time. Um, closely followed by Roy Ayers, probably. But oh, brilliant. Um, I think Coltrane's the, the guy. And definitely a love supreme was that that piece of music that was like... Mm. Well, as, as immaculate as John Coltrane is, the correct answer was Prince, I'm afraid. So... It's a, yeah, a lot of people a... say that. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so sorry. I can't accept this. Uh... <laughs> that, that up to experience, that one. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. So, um, yeah, the plan is to kind of get like a whole bunch of questions together, like um, like 100 questions, and to spend a couple of hours... <laughs> with you throwing all of them at you uh but yeah yeah, hopefully we can we can do that again in in time because yeah i'm kind of these these are fun i've done like one so far and people kind of really like reconnecting with kind of their music fandom in that way so hopefully you'll be up for a, a full episode one day very much so
Awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, as is typical uh, Blue and Green podcast uh, tradition, and um, uh, we'd like to, uh, you know, end with a closing song, which we have already loosely discussed. But uh, but is there is there a, 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 a number that you, you, you thought of that to send everyone home super happy with? Please. Well, I you know, um, I, I will pick one from the Peter Franks um, just because that's the topic, I, I suppose. Um, but I would like to choose um, the remix by Old English because, um, you know, I've, I've, I just love what he does. That mm. This is Tris, Old yeah. English brand, um, who was low budget soul mm-hmm. and, you know, has been a long, a long time member of Futuristica officially and unofficially um i just wish he could do more music and deliver more music so we could put some out because he's i've just got a soft spot for his his production i think he's he's very super super talented very special producer and what he did with that song the mood of that remix like i can imagine him in the studio at night like two in the morning just putting that together in like you know low light and just because it's it's so dark and Mm. and atmospheric i love what he did with that so that's what i'd like to send you away with